Hi there. What's up? Welcome to our podcast, Salto Verb. My name is Bruno, and I'm here to help you with our English training. Bem-vindo, bem-vindo ao nosso podcast. Meu nome é Bruno, e eu tô aqui para te ajudar com o seu treinamento de inglês. Welcome to the first episode of Breaking News. Esse é o primeiro episódio da série de notícias do Salto Verb. E assim como a série Daily Convo, hoje será totalmente em inglês também. Isso mesmo. Vamos sair da zona de conforto e tentar alcançar as frases e assim compreendê-las. Não será fácil ou confortável. E você terá que ouvir pelo menos três vezes antes de checar o material desse episódio. Combinado? Tá na descrição, seja pelo Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor, doesn't matter, alright? Não se esqueça de conferir o material após o listening. É importante aprofundar o seu entendimento. On today's podcast, we will look at three different news, all from CNN. The first one is about the Ebola outbreak. The second one is about something we all like, pizza. And the last one is about how Brazil handled the coronavirus pandemic. Sit back and enjoy. Let's get started. Countries in West Africa on high alert after Ebola outbreak in Guinea. Guinea declared an Ebola outbreak in one of its regions on Sunday, after the West African nation confirmed at least seven cases of the disease, including three deaths. Health officials said seven people who attended the funeral of a nurse tested positive for the disease and experienced symptoms such as diarrhea, vomiting and bleeding. Three of them died following the February 1st. The World Health Organization has pledged support for Guinea, helping to procure the Ebola vaccine, which has helped control recent outbreaks in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Its teams are already on the ground, also helping to ensure infection prevention and control in health facilities and other key locations, as well as reaching out to the communities. The Red Cross said in a statement that a network of more than 700 trained volunteers has been activated as part of a first wave of response, and the government has called on people to respect hygiene and prevention measures, and to report signs of the disease to health authorities. The world's largest Ebola outbreak to date started in 2014, in Guinea, and continued to 2016 spreading into neighboring Liberia and Sierra Leone. More than 28,000 people were infected and more than 11,000 of them died. The current outbreak has again started in a border area of Guinea and the World Health Organization said it is working with health authorities in Liberia and Sierra Leone to increase surveillance in border districts as well as improving the capacity to test for cases. Countries in West Africa are on high alert and Nigeria says it is monitoring the situation and will issue a public health advisory to address concerns in Africa's most populous nation. Ebola virus disease, which most commonly affects people and non-human primates, such as monkeys, gorillas and chimpanzees, is a severe disease that it first spreads from wild animals to humans. Humans can be infected by other humans if they come in contact with body fluids from an infected person or contaminated objects from infected people. Humans can also be exposed to the virus, for example, by butchering infected animals. 
On average, about 50% of people who become ill with Ebola die. Though this has varied from 25% to 90% in the past outbreaks, according to the World Health Organization. New Ebola cases have also been reported this month in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. On February 7th, the World Health Organization announced a new case of Ebola in Butembo, located in the country's north Kivu province. The World Health Organization's regional office for Africa said Saturday that a third Ebola case had been confirmed in the town of Katawa, near Butembo. The health agency said it is working with partners to provide essential medical supplies to support local health authorities. Vaccinations also commenced in the region on Monday. The DRC has faced several outbreaks of Ebola to date. In June 2020, DRC reported its 11th Ebola outbreak. A total of 130 confirmed and probable causes were reported as well as 55 deaths. The 2000-year history of Italy's favorite dish. For some, it'll be the Renaissance art on display in every corner of the country. For others, it'll be ancient Rome, the magnificent Colosseum maybe. But for many, it'll be another big, round and eminently photogenic Italian icon, a wheel of pizza. Colorful, Comforting and infinitely tasty. It's little wonder that pizza is one of the world's most beloved dishes. It's a food that has transcended its Italian origins to find new takes. From pineapple topped pizzas to deep dish Chicago style pies. No wonder it has whole days devoted to it around the globe. From January's World Pizza Day to National Pizza Day. Which takes place in the United States every February 9th. But while we think of it as a 20th century global phenomenon, pizza didn't only start traveling when it crossed the Atlantic. In fact, it made its first cross-cultural journey about 2,000 years earlier. The term and concept is a very old one, says Diego Zancani, Emeritus Professor of Medieval and Modern Languages at Oxford University and the author of How We Fell in Love with Italian Food. The ancient Greeks had pizza or pita, and a recent study connected the term pizza with the various pizza that exists all over the Mediterranean. So the concept is very old. But ancient pizza was bread, sometimes fried and sometimes baked, possibly with condiments on it. The food popped up again, this time as pizza, in 997. A rental document for housing Gaeta, north of Napoli, promised to pay the owner pork meat and pizza. But even then, Zancani says the mysterious pizza would have been pieces of bread. Fast forward to 1570 and the Pope's head chef had a recipe for pizza. But it was essentially a cake, says Zancani, made with almond and sugar. Finally, 700 years after its debut as a rent bargaining chip, savory pizza arrived in Napoli in the early 18th century. But its initial form, baked bread slathered in pork fat and later olive oil with cheese on top, doesn't sound like the kind of food that would conquer the world. Visitors to the city started spreading the word about this novel street food. Alexandre Dumas, author of The Three Musketeers, wrote excitedly about the different toppings, while Carlo Calodi, Pinocchio's creator, 
railed against them. Samuel Morse, inventor of the Morse code, hated pizza. He seems to have been a minority, though. The Bourbon king of Napoli, Ferdinand, even had a brick pizza oven installed in his summer residence. It was food of the poor, but he obviously enjoyed it, said Zancani. Then came the breakthrough moment that we've all heard about. The king and queen of the newly unified Italy came to visit Napoli in 1889, and the queen Margarita was keen to try the local specialty. She contacted the best pizzaiolo, pizza maker, in Napoli, and he offered her three types, white with pork fat, cacciocavallo, cheese and basil, olive oil and anchovies, and tomatoes, mozzarella and basil, said Zancani. The story goes the queen chose the third because it reminded her of the flag of Italy. The pizza margherita was born. Then it took off in a really big way, said Zancani. How Brazil gambled on unproven drugs to fight COVID-19. Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro has long been a champion of drugs, chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine to cure COVID-19, despite multiple studies that show that they are not effective. Now, documents show that his government spent emergency funds on the medicines and continued to produce and distribute them all at unprecedented rates throughout 2020 while rejecting at least one offer to purchase a vaccine already in the final stage of trials because the terms were, quote, abusive. After repeatedly promoting the potential for chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine to both prevent and mitigate the effects of COVID-19, Bolsonaro himself tested positive last July. Quote, if I had taken hydroxychloroquine as a preventative measure, I would still be working, he said. Even though the drug most commonly used against malaria had not actually been proven effective against the coronavirus and the World Health Organization had discontinued a major trial of hydroxychloroquine. While in quarantine, he posted a video on social media showing him taking what he said was the third dose of hydroxychloroquine. Quote, I'm feeling really good. I was feeling so-so on Sunday. Bad on Monday. Today, Tuesday? I'm feeling much better than Saturday, so without a doubt. End quote. He said as he held up a pill and then swallowed it. Quote, it's working. End quote. Just last week, Bolsonaro again admitted that he could be proven wrong and that the drug might not have any impact on the coronavirus, but added, quote, at least I didn't kill anyone. Now, if by chance it proves to be effective down the road, those of who criticize part of the media, you will be held accountable, end quote. According to exclusive documents obtained by CNN affiliate CNN Brazil, Bolsonaro was not only talking up the drugs last year, his government was actively using emergency funds designated to combat the COVID-19 pandemic to purchase and distribute them even after they had been shown to be ineffective. In May, Brazil's health ministry officially recommended chloroquine for early treatment of COVID-19 and in June extended the recommendation for children and pregnant women, the same day that the U.S. Food and Drug Administration revoked its emergency use for authorization for hydroxychloroquine and despite mounting evidence that it was not effective at preventing curing 
COVID-19. Two days later, on June 17, the Brazil Society of Infectious Disease published an open letter saying it was, quote, urgency and necessary, end quote, to halt the use of hydroxychloroquine in the treatment of COVID-19. The health ministry, however, did not change its recommendations over the following months and doctors reported being pressured to prescribe them. When Brazil finally launched its national vaccination program on January 18, after repeated delays, it started with just 6 million doses for a population of more than 210 million. So, how was it? Did you get it? Você entendeu? You did a great job. Congrats! Não se esqueça de repetir esse episódio. A repetição é algo fundamental para realmente entendermos qualquer habilidade ou tarefa. Até você completamente enjoar da minha voz. Após suas três vezes ouvindo, please, veja o material desse episódio. Ao ler e ouvir ao mesmo tempo, você aumentará seu compreendimento. E sentirá bem ao ver que você estava realmente entendendo várias coisas. That feeling is priceless. Esse sentimento é inestimável. Remember to subscribe to the podcast to receive the next episodes. Also, make sure to follow our social media, like Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. See you on the next one. Bye!